Last week when I got word of Sue's passing, I was reminded of an article that I had read in 1990 by a man named Robertson McQuilkin. Robertson McQuilkin had been president of the Columbia Bible College and Seminary. And his wife, Muriel, they had been married about 40 years. She was in her early 50s when he began to notice that she would repeat stories and she would forget things and she was getting agitated occasionally. And she developed a a very early onset of Alzheimer's. And so at the height of his career, when he had achieved so much for himself, he resigned from his position at the college and became his wife's caregiver. And for 25 years, Robertson McQuilkin served her. And when asked why he would do that, he said, because I promised in sickness and in health till death do us part. I was reminded of that article. By the way, I have about 20 copies of it out in the entry area. I'd love to share it with you. So there's copies out there for you to take. I was reminded of that article because of the way I saw all of you caring for Sue. The love that you've shown over the past few years, beyond anything that you could call duty or or obligation, it has been a commitment born out of love. And so while we're here to remember her, I want to commend you. You have done very well, and you have done a wonderful job of caring for her. Jesus tells us in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus does not deny that this world brings difficulties. We're not going to pretend that there aren't problems. Instead, Jesus meets those troubles with his self, with himself, with relationship. He says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. You encountered the difficulties you faced with relationship, with each other. You you encountered those difficulties with care, with love. There's a scripture I want to share from today that we often save for weddings. We read it at weddings, but it's not really about weddings at all. It's a scripture about family, about community. It's about church, and it's about relationships. And it's a passage that I have been blessed to see lived out many times, and it's a passage that I believe I've seen lived out in you all. (laughs) lived out in Sue as well. I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The chapter begins in verse 1. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I read those words, and I can't help but think of Sue and and so many of the stories that you've shared. When we think of that kind of love, I think you have to think of what Sue gave for others, what she gave to others. Paul writes, love is patient and kind. You saw that. 
didn't you? You saw that kind of love in Sue. She was wonderful at taking care of others. She was wonderful at welcoming others in. The family was telling me when the kids had friends over, there was always another spot at the table. There was always another plate available. There was plenty of food. The grandkids remember wonderful parties, uh, camping out, having slumber parties on the living room floor. Christmas gatherings, I remember a few Thanksgivings out there, bringing in other families. Sue made a home, uh, she made home a place to gather, a place to be welcomed. Paul says love is kind. Wendy wrote a beautiful testimony to her mother's love on Facebook. I'd like to read part of that. She wrote, Mom did not have an easy life, losing her mother as a young teenager and then unexpectedly losing a brother. It's amazing to me that she became the wonderful mother that she did with these losses. God made her for it, though, and thankfully he had another wonderful, talented mother that helped mom come come into her own way, my grandma Cindy, Lucinda, Lucinda Parker, Aunt Cindy. Mom's life revolved around being a servant to others, taking care of the home, my dad, and four children. In her career as an aide to children with special needs, holiday meals and fam- with family, and many of our friends, <laughs> where she called out the bingo numbers with such flair. Can you do that for us? <clears throat> you, know, you, you hear Sue's story and you realize she began life with great difficulty. She but she met those challenges with love. Love is patient like that. And love is kind like that. Robertson McQuil- McQuilkin in the article writes about the early days when, when they were still coming to understand what his wife Muriel was suffering from with her Alzheimer's. And, and he would go to work and Muriel would miss him. And so she would walk from their home to the school. She was also a professor at the school, or had been a professor at the school. She would walk from their home to the school because she knew that path. It was a mile, but she would miss him, and sometimes she would walk there as many as 10 times a day, he writes. 10 times a day, she would come just to check on him and then go back. And he wouldn't realize that she had done that until he was getting her ready for bed at night. He would take off her socks and her shoes, and he would see her bloody feet and realize what she had done, that she had come looking for him over and over again. He was sharing that with his doctor. And his doctor got choked up, and the doctor simply said, such love. And then he said this, and I think you can relate to this. The doctor said, I have a theory that the characteristics developed across the years come out in times like this. And so if the characteristic is love, that's what comes out. You saw that in Sue. You saw that in your mom. And that was a blessing. I think it's also a warning for some of us. It might not be too late for us to start developing some love, you know, and so that when those times come, maybe that's what comes out for us. When I look at 1 Corinthians 13, and I don't just see what Sue gave others, I, I also see what you all did for Sue. I see what you gave her. Verse 7 says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, love endures all things, and you have endured much. You have You have borne much. Love bears all things. You carried Sue through some of the biggest challenges that any family could face, and you allowed her to have a a joyful and as normal a life as possible for as long as possible. I'm sure that took a lot of cooperating, a lot of working together. I know it took some sacrifices on your part, but it made her happy, and love hopes 
all things. I do feel like I need to brag about my friends here at the Kansas Christian Church just for a minute or two. Um, Everyone here was always so welcoming and caring with Sue. She would come in, we'd we would keep an eye on her, make sure that she was here. She would come in and we'd hear, hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? She would get her bulletin. She'd find her way back to Sunday school. She always had someone to sit with through Sunday school and someone was always there to help her find her place in the Bible. Sue also kept us on her toes because Sue was punctual. Yes, I don't know how many times I saw this because back there for sun, before Sunday school, there's coffee and donuts and we like donuts a lot here. And sometimes donuts would go beyond nine o'clock, but at nine o'clock, Sue would come out and she'd say, it's time, we need to get back there. And if something was different, if, they, if we were having a guest speaker in that day, well, why aren't we back here? Well, we got a guest speaker. She, she didn't like that. She also, she made me a better teacher because when I put a Sunday school lesson together, I usually just throw it together at the last minute. She wanted me to be done a week early and have notes ready, and I would have to get my notes to her a week ahead of time. I was a better teacher because of Sue. <laughs> oh, she was always sitting just right back there. It was always her spot, right back there in that, in that row. She was always sitting back there for a long time, sitting with her with her dear friend Nyla, they shared so much over the years. And you'll see picture after picture if you go to our Facebook page of Sue and Nyla together. And then after that, Wes and Delon and the kids, she would sit with them. 14 years after McQuilkin wrote that first article, he wrote a second article about Muriel. He called it Muriel's Blessing. He talks about how one night he was getting her ready for bed. And she had long since gone silent. She was, was not speaking anymore. And he was getting her ready for bed. It was the night before Valentine's Day. And he had asked her to marry him on Valentine's Day. So this was always a very special holiday. And as he was getting her ready for bed, he knelt down beside her and prayed beside her. And, and he said, he prayed, Dear Jesus, you love sweet Muriel more than I. So please keep my beloved through the night. May she hear angel choirs. The next morning, Valentine's Day, she woke up that morning and spoke the first word she had spoken in months. All she said was, love, love, love. Does that sound familiar? Love, love, love. And in writing the article, McQuilkin noted, he realized those may be the last words I ever hear her speak. Love you, love you, love you. How many times did you hear that? A lot, but not nearly enough, right? What a blessing those words were. And you saw that blessing. You saw the blessing of all that Sue gave to others in her love. And we've seen the blessing of what you were able to give back to Sue. But here's what we don't want to forget. We dare not forget what Jesus promises still. What Jesus promises for. After telling us that love endures all things... Paul goes on and he says, love never ends. Beyond our commitments, beyond our abilities, beyond our own ability to love others, there is something eternal in love. There is something of Jesus in love, something that's bigger than what we've ever experienced on our own, what we understand now. And so Paul concludes chapter 13. He writes, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I fought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways, (laughs) most of us, some of us, a couple of us. And then he writes this, but now, for now we see through a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I only know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. There is so much that we would like to know right now, isn't there? There's so much that we'd like to know right now, but for right now, we only have a promise that we can hold on to. We have a lot of questions. We would like to ask this, but we'll ask questions the rest of our lives. Why on earth, why would someone like Sue, someone as loving as Sue, have to suffer this kind of debilitation? And Paul has no answer for us. Instead, Paul says in in verse 9, we know in part and we prophesy in part. In other words, we don't know everything. We only know in part, and we have to be okay with that right now. And of all the things that we do know, as, as many as they might be or as little as they might be, we can only tell so many of those. We can only put words to, to so many of those things. There's so little that we can explain. And so we hold on to the promise that a day will come when we will know fully. And I think that's important for me. That's important for you that a day will come when we understand all of this because we got questions. But that's a promise for Sue also. And I want you to hear that promise for Sue. Over the past few years, you saw her lose so much. Little by little, she slipped away. But listen to verse 12 again. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. I shall know fully. That's not just a promise for you and me. That's a promise that in eternity, Sue gets back everything that she lost. Not just that, but she gets back so much more. She, she will know fully. And today we might hear that song, I can only imagine, but I can't begin to imagine what that'll be like. Final verse, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? I love you, I love you. And then I would hear, in the last few months, I would hear, I don't know your name, but I know I love you. (laughs) The greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Because the day will come when we don't need faith anymore. A day will come when faith becomes sight. A day will come when every hope is fulfilled, every promise is kept. And on that day, all that will remain is love. And if I could quote Paul or John or George or Ringo, all you need is love. Sue started off with a lot of disadvantages. Lost a mother at a very early age. How did she learn to be such a good mother? Somehow she found love within herself, love to care for her family, a love love with Terry to, to build a family, a love that you extended to her, extended back to her, mother, grandmother, friend, the same love that carries her into eternity and the same love that carries you now. And in the end, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. 
and the greatest is love. Will you pray with me? Father, your son Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. We thank you that Sue knew you and that you know her. We thank you also that our good shepherd has many sheep. (laughs) I thank you for the sheep found in this family, this legacy of faith, and I ask your blessing on them in this time of loss. Lord, we pray for the coming days because we know that grief comes in waves. Grief comes with the best memories, not the worst. It comes on holidays and it comes on remembrances. And when grief comes, it often comes to steal our joy. So in those moments, I pray you fill them with your joy all the more. And remind them that pain does not remain. Memory loss does not remain. The only thing that remains is love. Most of all today, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who opened the way for us to know you. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. And we ask you to guide us in your comfort. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen.